1: So strong, so strong, I know that I can make it though well, you're doing me wrong, so wrong You thought that my pride was gone for oh, no There's something inside so strong
2: Beloved, beloved, good day, good day. Welcome to Faith Without Borders. I am your host, Pastor Calvin Saul. So glad that you're here with us. And uh, starting yet another week off, it's been a momentous week for us, Uh, not just uh, here in California, uh, in the United States, but of course around the world. And it's so good to uh, have you here with us. Uh, Here at Faith Without Borders, our mission is uh, to see how it is that we can engage in the education and the mobilization of multiracial and multi-religious transnational movements for social equity and planetary justice, and we uh, hope to do that locally, nationally, as well as globally. Uh, I use the word glocally, which kind of brings together the intersection of local and global, and so we uh, really are really excited about this. This is the second installment for us of a 10-week series entitled Intersectional Convergence, Organizing and Mobilizing for Inclusivity, Equality, and Equity. And so as we uh, gather once again uh, on this day, seeing how it is that we can continue to do the work that is set before us, uh, it is so important for us to realize that as we continue to fight and face one of, the, uh, one of the deadliest global pandemics, experience the activation of courageous movements for racial equity, and prepare for the most consequential elections in recent United States history. This 10-week series will uh, invite us to see how we can continue to examine the critical issues facing you know, uh, us locally, nationally, and globally and to see how we can explore strategic solutions for long-term transformative impact. That's the key there, long-term transformative impact. Because this is not a moment. This has been a movement. What we've seen going on around resistance and reimagination right now, uh, as I said to somebody this past week, it's been going on you know, uh, since the Middle Passage. It's been going on since uh, August 1619 uh, when our enslaved ancestors arrived at James uh, uh, Jonestown. It's been uh, uh, going on uh, 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 since our ancestors were in the slave dungeons uh, of Africa, preparing uh, themselves to uh, go through that door uh, of no return. Uh, it's been uh, there, since the captivation, you know, uh, uh, took place, it's been there for a very, very, very long time, um, and so uh, we want to make that connection. We want to make sure that we see the continuity of what's been going on around resistance uh, and reimagination. And of course, this week, you know, uh, the fifty-seventh, you know, uh, uh, annual commemoration of the march on Washington, the Poor People's March that. Uh, uh, took place uh, in that, you know, uh, speech that Dr. King gave, the resistance and the reimagination was even in there, and we'll talk more about that uh, later on. And so it's just uh, uh, great to be with you, to be on this journey. We are, you know, less than 75 days, you know, uh, from November the 3rd, and we want to uh, encourage folk to uh, register to vote. I got my notification two days ago. So before this weekend is over, I'm gonna make sure I'm registered to vote. Um, we have a little over a month left over for the census. Make sure that you are in the count. Uh, so these are two fundamental aspects, you know, uh, of our democracy. The make, make sure that we are counted so we can take care of the three R's, right? Respect. For being counted. Secondly, uh, uh, resources that uh, uh, needs to come our way that we are entitled to, and uh, of course, representation. Representation is uh, key, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that as well. Um, so that's what the census is all about. One fundamental aspect of our democracy: be be in the count, and then make being in the count count by voting. You know, uh, so. Uh, that is, again, on the agenda right now as uh, we see a lot of struggle going on you know, in Congress um, uh, to see how we can move forward uh, the John Lewis um, Voting Rights Act you know, within Congress. And so we know that our representatives are working hard around that, fighting for it, and we certainly want to be the wind beneath their wings as they do what they need to do Uh, representing us. So these are consequential times. This is not the time to sit out. This is not the time to get caught up, you know, uh, in purity tests, but to see how we can influence platform and influence policy, so that we can uh, allow this yet-to-be United States of America to become what God has intended for it to be. And so when I say God, certainly uh, I'm talking about the God of justice. I'm talking about the God of equality and equity, the God of inclusivity, the God of dignity, the God of humanity. Uh, we're not talking about a God that's been influenced by or infected with the ideology and the theology of white supremacy. We want to be clear about that uh, around you know, uh, who we are talking about and how do we connect with you know, who and what God is all about. And so, uh, it's so good today uh, to talk with uh, um, one of our elected representatives, who happens to be a a sister of mine, a friend of mine, one uh, whom I have a lot of respect for and appreciate uh, so much, uh, Senator uh, Harley Mitchell, and we'll hear from her in a few minutes uh, in our conversation, and then, you know, uh, we'll be connecting, you know, with all that's coming up around celebrating black joy as resistance. That's what it's going to be about. But we're going to kick off, uh, because we've talked about the census, we're going to kick off uh, with a video uh, that just uh, reminds us about you know, what the census is all about. And then when we come back, uh, we will be joined um, by uh, my sister, my senator, state senator, Harley Mitchell. Let's hear about the census.
3: In America, we all count, no matter where we call home, how we worship, or who we love. And the 2020 Census is how that great promise is kept, because this is the count that informs where hundreds of billions in funding will go each year for things like education, health care, and programs that touch us all. Complete the Census online, by phone, or by mail. Shape your future. Start here at 2020census.gov.
2: All right, there you have it. Census, census, census. Let me welcome uh, uh, to Faith Without Borders this day, uh, our beloved State Senator Holly Mitchell. Good morning, good morning, good day. What's up? How you doing? Where you at? I see you all protected, good doing your thing. All right, now mask on, mask on.
4: <laughs> well, I uh, unfortunately am at LAX. Um, After we agreed on today's date, Uh uh, we got called. Can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can hear you.
4: Got called back into, uh, I've got to go into meetings with the administration this afternoon. Okay. And because of COVID, we have fewer and fewer flights Mm-hmm. Um, that are flying between L.A. and Sacramento. So the only flight I could get on was a 950 flight. No, so good. I'm here at the airport. I came early to try to find the quietest corner, <laughs> past security. Uh, and so I know this is not ideal, but um, I'm going to do the best I can.
2: Well, listen, you're doing what you always do. You're setting an example. <laughs> you're out there. You masked on you, you. You're doing what uh, uh, we got to do to slow the spread. And so, uh, that, that, look at this, look at the color of that mask. My goodness. See. <laughs> anyway, let's let's. Uh, let's, let's <laughs> uh, we'll we
3: we'll, we'll understand and work with the interruptions. You know. Uh, and
2: but we're just glad you're able to, you know, be uh, with us. Let's uh, let's get going. Um, this certainly, as I mentioned, has been a momentous week. We want to go ahead and start there. Uh, history being made, of course, you know, uh, with you know uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, we certainly know her and you know go a ways back, you know, uh, with her. We've had uh, the the Democratic National Convention uh, this past week. Uh, why don't you uh, just maybe share a little bit about some highlights for you? What stood out for you? Um, and uh, what's the you know uh, um, ultimate message that come that came out of this week? And, uh, and how do we kind of uh, take note of that as we, uh, as we continue to move in what's going to happen, not just this week, but what needs to happen between now and you know, November the 3rd.
4: So you're right. This has been um, a—can you hear me over the intercom? Yes. yeah, we can hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I agree with you, Pastor Salas. This has been an absolutely momentous Uh, Several weeks, you know, uh, this is we're coming up on the 100th anniversary of the woman's right to vote. Mm -hmm. This is the uh, 55th anniversary of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Uh, You talked about the Poor People's Campaign. And, you know, as a black woman, a black female Californian, a black female policymaker, elected official, I can't tell you the pride I felt uh, watching our sister, our U.S. Senate sister Kamala Harris um, take the stage um, and tell the American public her story. Her story of immigration, her story of civil rights, her story of justice. Um, it just made me proud to watch her. You know, I've been to any number of conv- conventions over my professional career. I think my first Democratic National Convention was probably um, uh, 92 in New York when Jesse mm-hmm. Jackson was on the ticket. And I've been to every convention since. And this was different, but it was powerful and profound. I think the, um, the use of technology was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think they did a very good job. I think probably more people besides like, you know, policy wonks like me actually watched mm-hmm. to see the American people when they did the roll call Uh, gave us a glimpse of what our country really looks like and its diversity, and yet its unity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're right. We've got, um, all of us have work to do over these next 70 days to make sure we are in a strong position, Pastor Saul's, to take our country back, to elect um, two people who get it, Mm -hmm. who understand the unique needs of every American Every California resident, regardless of race, creed, or color, or immigration status, mm-hmm. so we've got work to do. But I believe fundamentally, we're going to do the right thing and have a different outcome this November third.
2: In terms of the Biden Harris ticket, uh, Senator Mitchell, how is this ticket for us a um, a convergence and an intersectional moment? You know, with you know uh, the two of them. You know, uh, of course. You know uh, Biden having you know sought this nomination 30 years ago, and uh, and, and, and here he is. You know um, of course you know uh, 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 people are going to throw the purity test. You know on them we'll get to that in a minute. But how is this ticket for us in this moment? How is it for us just a powerful convergence and invitation to intersectionality as we seek to move to greater inclusivity, equality, and equity?
4: I think fundamentally it's it, it's it's a multi-generational mm-hmm. ticket. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of the breadth and reach of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly a multi-rational, multi-gender <laughs> mm-hmm. um, cross-section. So it's got to be probably one of the most unique pairings um, if you think about it um, ever. <clears throat> Given her experience In the U.S. Senate, her experience, as she referred to herself here in California as the top cop, uh, Mm -hmm. given her experience as a prosecutor, um, and given his decades of experience in the U.S. Senate, I think they have some common ground, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think they have some very different perspectives, as became apparent when Kamala was a presidential um, Mm -hmm. uh, candidate uh, on the debate stage. And so I think that combination of life experience and perspective um, will create um, a unique leadership blend, if you will, that will benefit us all. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a Biden-Harris administration and all the opportunities that will bring really for all of us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, This week, you know, I listened to uh, the readout with um, with Joy Reid. Uh, and I believe it was on Thursday that uh, Representative Ayanna Pressley was on, uh, and she said something that was very, very profound and powerful to me around how to avoid making the mistake that uh, I believe we made uh, when um, Barack Obama was you know, uh, elected. You know, uh, she said that you know, the, the Biden-Harris campaign is not a destination but a door. Uh, the folk that she works with you know, uh, is about, we don't organize, she said, well, we organize people and we build power. Um, uh, and we don't do that for an, ele- an election cycle, you know, or for a uh, particular campaign. We do that all the time. Um, uh, my sense of what happened, you know, when Barack Obama was elected was folk thought that, you know, uh, his election was a destination and not a door. And so consequently, a lot of folk went and took a back seat you know, uh, and, and just kind of chilled, you know, through those first four years. And then we got hit, you know, in his second term, where he had to deal with a, uh, you know, a split, a split you know, uh, legislative house, if you will, um, uh, in terms of the Senate and the, and the House. Uh, but when she said that, it clicked for me, you know, uh, uh, what the invitation is uh, for us. Hearing that in terms of the Harris-Biden you know, a uh, campaign being a door, not a destination. What door can it be for us as we continue to mobilize and organize, you know, for a more perfect union?
4: Uh, I I couldn't agree more. That is a profound statement. And she's right. You know, we tend to believe that we're going to elect people at whatever level of office and they're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. They're going to know what to do. Uh, When to do it? Without our constant vigilance Mm -hmm. and participation. A democracy is only a democracy based on the active participation of all. Voting is fundamental. Participating in the census is fundamental. But that's not it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ongoing, consistent engagement. And she's right. And as you open the show talking about our history, we cannot assume that the election of one black man president for one four year period was going to undo and Mm -hmm. unpack. Um, hundreds of years of oppression and subjugation. Mm -hmm. That's naive of us at best. And so democracies are about the people, governing governance by the people for the people. And so we have to stay engaged. And everybody has to figure out what that engagement looks like for them. Um, It's also the multiple levels of government. We have seen here in California, uh, living through COVID, what happens when you have... um, a thoughtful, strategic, local level of government from the state level to the county to the city when the president um, forsake us all. Mm -hmm. And so it's clear that every level of government has a critical role to play in truly um, creating equity for everybody. So we can't look at the Biden-Harris ticket in isolation. Mm -hmm. They have to be supported by a Congress that's united and committed to doing what's right for the American people, for all the American people. Mm-hmm. Then we have to look at governors and state legislatures and boards of supervisors and city councils and school districts mm-hmm. um, who also um, are committed fundamentally to creating policy that's in the best interest of the entire electorate. And so we can't look to one group of people, those two. Mm-hmm. We have to look down ticket and make sure that we are engaging. In smart, strategic policy making, mm-hmm. And we as voting members of the public have to make sure that we're engaged mm-hmm. all the way to the district attorney, to judges. Mm-hmm. You know, every aspect of our lives are impacted by the decision made by some level of government. Um, water districts are critical to the safety mm-hmm. and, and what we pay for water. Mm-hmm. The state legislature is critical for how we fund K through 14 education. Mm-hmm. You know, every level of government has a role to play. And so we have a responsibility to engage and make sure we are aware. We know who represents us and we communicate with them consistently and regularly about what's important to us as residents of this city, county, and country.
2: Yeah, yeah. And indeed, we, we, I mean, we cannot disengage. Uh, my sense is, if you are a, a black person or a person of color in the United States, your very presence in this country is political. So when people try to talk about well, I'm not that political, I don't like politics, I am not try to get, engage in it. You know, um, uh, even though we have a, repre, uh, a representative, you know, uh, government, uh, you're right, our involvement is just critical, imperative. You know, uh, and and essential. You know, uh, that's how we live out our faith. If you are personal faith, but most important because you, you're a human being, that's how you have to right. Uh, engage. Right.
4: You know, uh, as you we, know Pastor mm-hmm. Sauls. I, I believe black people, underrepresented people, poor people don't have the luxury to not engage mm-hmm. because we tend to be more reliant on government than less, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: and so we have a fundamental responsibility because our children attend public schools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my parents, uh, were, were public servants, uh, met as eligibility workers working for the LA County Department of, uh, DCFS and spent their entire careers working for the state of California. And mm-hmm. so, you know, government has been our employer. It has been, um, our protector. Um, uh, it's been, it's been there for us when we need it through Medi Cal and CalWORKs and, mm-hmm. and CalFresh. So, public housing, mm-hmm. um, um, subsidized housing. So we have a responsibility fundamentally to engage, to make sure that, you know, government is there for us and supports us. When you think about the number of African-Americans who have had full careers and pensions working within the United States Postal Service. Mm-hmm. So think about government not only as our as representation, um, but also an employer. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You know, government workers have helped build the middle class in this country. Yeah. All of us have someone in our family yeah. who was a schoolteacher, uh, you know, a social worker, a postal worker, some capacity. So I think that we should think of it in that context as well.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: They have been service providers. They have been public servants, mm-hmm. which is a noble calling. Um, and it's a part of our rich history and tradition as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how, you know, as we you know, seek to strengthen the voting rights, you know, uh, there is just such an out, you know, uh, outlandish, you know, attack on, you know, uh, voting rights, you know, uh, by way of uh, – it's almost like, you know, uh, suppression uh, – voter suppression by any means necessary, even if we need to cripple the, you know, the Postal Service uh, around them. I mean, that's just the boldness of bigotry. You know, during during this time, I have one more question around the national ticket. That I'm going to quickly switch to. You know, some some local stuff. We know that a lot of people have you know has already you know thrown in the purity test. You know, on you know the the Harris Biden you know ticket, especially towards you know Kamala. I am a black immigrant, and so you know the 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 thing that I have you know had to deal with you know in the United States as a black immigrant you know, has always been this question, you know, from the black community, you know, am I black enough, you know, because I wasn't born and raised here, even though I was born in Africa, you know, uh, uh, around that. And, and that's always, you know, uh, for me, that's, that's an invitation to conversation, you know, around what's the definition of that and, and who is, you know, uh, uh, black enough, you know, around that. That's, of course, taking place right now with uh, Kamala aside you know, from, you know, her heritage, of course, gender, you know, as well, and a lot of us, you know, are really, you know, stepping up by 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 saying that, you know, we will challenge that, you know, in terms of how people seek to, you know, put that purity test, you know, on it instead, you know, it should be, you know, a test of platform, it should be a test of what policy we ought to, you know, advocate for, you know, around that. What's you know your message to uh, folk who kind of throw that, you know, and it's always our folk uh, uh, really paving the way uh, for white folk to then you know uh, come bring out the bulldozer, right? You know, we always crack the door open, you know, and then you know then the bulldozer come, and that's and, and, and that's already happened around that. What's your message, you know, uh, to the black community, you know, uh, during during this time around not just the historic nature. Of you know uh, um, you know Kamala's nomination right uh, and her being on the ticket, but the possibility for the future that it provides for us in terms of the diversity within the Black community uh, uh, as well as the diversity you know uh, within communities of color and how we move together in solidarity.
4: I appreciate the question and you know let me first say that we cannot afford to be distracted. We can't afford to be distracted mm-hmm. and I believe that's a a a a, a tactic mm-hmm. to distract us from what's really important. We shouldn't be surprised about issue black enough mm-hmm. being the issue cuz Barack Obama faced the same debate. Right. Mm-hmm. What is deeply troubling to me Uh, are the gender-based attacks. And Mm -hmm. I guess we shouldn't be surprised about them either. You know, Shirley Chisholm said 50 years ago that she would see a black man elected before she saw a woman of any race. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a woman uh, in public office, I can certainly tell you there is a different standard. There is a double standard for us uh, in terms of the expectations of the general public. Mm -hmm. We saw it with the campaign of Hillary Clinton. You know, but to see... Uh, but to hear Rush Limbaugh refer to her out of her name mm. and to then see campaign paraphernalia mm-hmm. appear on Amazon, where women's organizations, women had to call Amazon and say, if you don't take it down, you're going to have problems with us. Mm-hmm. To see Joe and the Ho um, on T-shirts um, took this to a whole new level for me. Mm-hmm. I am so proud of the group of women leaders nationally. Um, led by Valerie Jarrett and um, Cecile Richards, the former president of
3: Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood,
4: Mm -hmm. who have initiated this letter that I've signed on to, to the media and to the world to say we are watching. Um, We are not going to let misogynistic um, language be used in relation to this vice presidential nominee and we're going to stand in front and we are going to surround her and provide cover. Mm-hmm. I think it's also an opportunity for the general public to understand um, the history and where that comes from.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: She, you know, is arguably the most qualified to be appointed that position and, and how we can allow and allow uh, and let people suggest otherwise is, is a mere reflection of um, as a, As a young uh, professor uh, coined the term misogynoir, you know, misogyny as it relates to black women, misogynoir. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to call it out.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. um, And we are not going to allow ourselves to be distracted. This notion of, is she's black enough? um, A, it's a ridiculous question. But Mm -hmm. B, we have to ask ourselves, what difference does it make? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What difference does it make? She has um, always been very... Upfront and clear about her history and her origins. Mm-hmm. She self identifies as black. And who are the black enough police? That's what mm-hmm. I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. Who are the people who are authorized to determine who is indeed black enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I am not, I am choosing to not be distracted by that mm-hmm. because that is a um, ridiculous argument. Mm-hmm. I choose to spend my time doing all I can to talk about educate voters about why voting is important and to call out um, sexism every time I see it.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And just know that you have, you know, uh, a lot of us who are in solidarity, you know, uh, with that. So however, whatever we can do, you know, as we stand against sexism, misogyny, you know, uh, bigotry, you know, uh, and all of these challenges that face not just black folk, but also women, you know, uh, so just you know, just know that um, uh, we stand ready to make sure that uh, uh, men stand up to men. You know, as we you know, as we as as we do this. Um, um, uh, yes, you know, that is a WMD. You know, a weapon of mass destruction. You know, uh, as we as we move forward. And in my opinion, you know, the question, you know, is a person black enough is in so many ways a convergence of internalized racism and institutionalized racism. Uh, and so much to recover from, you know, as we kind of deal with all of that as well. Let's, uh, let's come to the Golden State. I know that um, the legislature is uh, about to uh, uh, go on break, I believe. Um, um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, what uh, you seek to accomplish, you know, before that and uh, what's kind of on the main that we need to be aware of, you know, as we, you know, move forward, you know, uh, to? Uh, what's happening in our state legislature?
4: So yes, this, you know, um, a legislative session is two calendar years. We are at the end of the second calendar year Mm -hmm. of the uh, 1920 legislative session. Uh, It's been a tumultuous second year, uh, thanks to um, COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. the public health and economic pandemic Mm -hmm. that it has uh, created for the state of California. Uh, you know, I chair the Senate Budget Committee, and we were confronted uh, with the but the governor's May revision of his January budget with a $54 billion shortfall. Mm. I'm very proud to say that we were able to avoid deep cuts to critical services that mm-hmm. your viewers and listeners rely on. Uh, we avoided deep cuts to, you know, programs that residents of California need now more than ever because of the level of unemployment and underemployment we're experiencing because of the closures as a result of COVID.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know my district, you know the LA County as a whole, the hospitality industry is huge. Travel, mm-hmm. tourism, mm-hmm. the entertainment industry, the studios are the number one employer in my district, the universities, all of which were completely shut down. And so figuring out how we navigate our way through this crisis is really the job of the legislature in support of the the governor. Add to that pastor Saul's Mm -hmm. um, the fire season that has already started Mm -hmm. Um, mass mass destruction. We've already experienced Um, the big um, fires up in Northern California Mm -hmm. that were started as a result of lightning strikes Mm -hmm. and this dry heat. Mm -hmm. We had two days in a row in Sacramento of 111 degree temperature, Um, and so it's just unprecedented. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been teasing with friends saying that somebody wake me when the locusts come, because that's yeah, yeah. about all that's left uh, My <laughs> to happen. It's, yeah. it's really striking. And so um, the governor has the uh, constitutional authority to call what we call an extraordinary session where he can call us back in. And quite frankly, I'm hoping he does that mm-hmm. um, because I think we need to partner with him and continue to do the work around COVID. Um, um, managing our budget, making sure that that we as a legislature appropriate enough resources for him to do what he needs to do if he needs to issue some additional executive orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a member of the California Legislative Black Caucus. Mm-hmm. We are 10 strong and very proud of the very progressive um, bill package we put together um, as a result of both covid And a a result of the the movement that we are all engaged in right Mm -hmm. now around Mm anti-blackness. And so we've gotten several key bills passed in the last couple of months um, that I think um, we were able to do it because of the moment in time we were all experiencing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Prop 16, which is now on the ballot, is a direct result of Dr. Weber's leadership and I co-authored ACA 5. We've got on the ballot, Prop 16 will create the opportunity for us to reverse Prop 209, which eliminated affirmative action in this state. We got passed uh, the bill to create a graduation requirement now for ethnic studies in our CSU system. A bill that Dr. Weber uh, and the Black Caucus have championed for years, could not get traction, have fought against the CSU Board of Trustees, Um, and their office of the the president of the CSU system for years. We were able to get that through. And again, you know, the Black Caucus and I have taken the leadership role my entire 10 years now in the legislature around criminal justice and juvenile justice right-sizing. And so we've continued to um, put forward legislation to hold law enforcement accountable uh, in a very transparent and public way, uh, cutting-edge bills that... um, um, have been have been leaders, quite frankly, in our country. We get calls from our colleagues, state legislators across the country. How did you do it? Can you share the language? So I'm proud of what we've been able to do as a collective. The power of the collective um, has been evident in our success in getting these three deals through the process. And we'll continue to monitor and push the envelope to create a, uh, a, a state of equity For Mm -hmm. black people, for underrepresented people, for poor people. Mm -hmm. And And I think finally, mm
3: -hmm. you know,
4: our data collection and making sure that recognizing that COVID-19 has had a disproportionate impact on our community, we are continuing to push to make sure that there are testing sites and resources and an acknowledgement of the role uh, our community has played in being essential workers, demanding that these essential workers have access to PPE, Uh, demanding first and foremost that their employers provide it. And and if and when they don't, we will hold them accountable and the government will provide it for them. So -hmm. those are the areas that we've been working on and we'll continue to work on, not only uh, as we uh, approach the last uh, week of legislative session, but but throughout the fall as well. Mm
2: -hmm. Great, great, great. I hope uh, you all have in that package, you know, SB 793, which is, you know, around uh, flavored tobacco. You know, a uh, bill that's, uh, that, that, that's in there uh, without an exemption to menthol. So I want to make sure but it's not in there. We certainly Well, you, for it you know,
4: it, mm-hmm. it's not a Black Caucus priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's been hugely controversial. Uh, yes. I have supported the bill from the very beginning. I, I'm a member of the Senate Health Committee and I voted for it in Health Committee and on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Black community appears to be divided. Uh, mm-hmm. From my perspective, Black people have been targeted by the tobacco industry for decades, yeah. mm-hmm. our children have been targeted. And when you look at the disproportionate rate of emphysema and lung cancer among Black people, it's 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 not, it's it's no argument from my perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, people want to argue fundamental rights. Well, that's no different than mandatory mask wearing or seatbelts in cars or helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you, you know, willfully engage in an activity that research has shown for decades is not good for your health, is a toxin, um, it is in the public good to limit access, quite frankly. Um, when we look at the impact to our bottom line as budget chair, um, to the Medi-Cal system, in terms of what all of us pay out um, to, to support people who suffer as a result of the consequence of many years of smoking is evident. And I think lastly, I'd say as um, a woman who lost her father and a brother to lung cancer, both of, both of whom were introduced to smoking by the government. Mm. My father as a uh, veteran, as a a veteran of the second world war Mm. and my brother as a veteran of Vietnam, Mm. we know the role that the tobacco industry played and what the U.S. military did in introducing tobacco uh, and smoking to generations of men. And so uh, I stand by my vote in support of 793. It is uh, not a racist bill. Um, It is not our intent to uh, empower uh, law enforcement. And I think my history and my legislative package of bills I have introduced to hold law enforcement accountable, uh, my legislative package around criminal justice reform um, would suggest that that would never be my intent.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, and I'm with you on that. So I really appreciate that. Uh, um, I know you're on senatorial time, uh, but you know I got to squeeze in about what's what's coming up in the in the in the county of Los Angeles, the supervisorial race, and um, you know uh, excited about that. Uh, uh, you of course know that you have uh, b- both my prayers and my partnership, uh, and if that you know translates into what other people might call an endorsement, that's fine. That's 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 that's, that's what it's about, uh, because you know we go way back. You know, um, uh, you know, you never forget your first meetings with people, and I'll never forget my first meeting with your then district director Sidney Kamlager, uh, before DEV was added. <laughs> And uh, and it was you and her and our communities in, you know, uh, the West Adams, you know, uh, area, uh, and the Windsor Hills area, introducing me to two words that have now become an integral part of my vocabulary, which is fracking, and acidation, and uh, and then we met, you know, um, after that on a on a Zoom call with the community in the fellowship hall of Home United Methodist Church, to talk about you know, uh, uh, fracking. This is all before we met. Uh, And then, you know, of course, that made it into a sermon one Sunday uh, with you uh, in church. And I think that's how we met when you came through the line too. Uh, introduce yourself, you know, uh, and, um, and, and 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 express appreciation uh, for my theology around resistance of fracking and acidation, and my commitment, you know, to environmental holiness, you know, uh, around that. So, so I've always appreciated our journey together, the work that we've been able, you know, uh, to do, you know, uh, together. Uh, would you share with us, you know, uh, just you know a little bit about your vision, your platform? you know, uh, as you seek, you know, uh, you know, the uh, the position of, you know, uh, supervisor for the second district of uh, the county of Los Angeles.
4: I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I think my desire to uh, bring my skills, um, and, and, and learned strategies after 10 years in the legislature and serving the residents of the second district, really my entire professional career as CEO of Crystal mm-hmm. Stairs, yeah. former executive director of the California Black Women's Health Project, um, former employee of then state Senator Diane Watson. I worked in our district office and the Capitol office is to bring that wealth of experience and knowledge to the county. Um, At a critical time in the county's history, you know, this board has really been revolutionary, Mm -hmm. you know, for Supervisor Ridley Thomas Mm -hmm. to reopen King Hospital, Mm -hmm. a hospital that closed on the watch Mm -hmm. of a previous supervisor. Mm -hmm. Um, The actions this board has taken in recent months around uh, creating their anti-blackness platform, Mm -hmm. uh, putting the initiative on the ballot that we also have to look forward to on, on Election Day that will allocate 10% of their discretionary funding to you know, critical anti-black community-based support and services. Um, their work around holding law enforcement accountable and, and creating the um, oversight committee for the sheriff's department, um, all the work that they have done to pause the construction of a county jail to acknowledge that they shouldn't rebuild what was there Mm -hmm. and to really have some thoughtful consideration in terms of what makes sense for the County in the future, Mm -hmm. Uh, their work around transit, their work around the environment, their uh, sustainability plan. It is a, they they have done phenomenal work Mm -hmm. and the beauty of it is from my perspective is this next iteration of the work can be and should be equally as progressive and profound and meaningful For the residents of the second district. Mm -hmm. The second district must elect someone who is going to fight for and demand equity. Mm -hmm. Someone who is going to acknowledge the fact that, you know, over one-third of all of LA County's unhoused residents hail from the second district. Mm -hmm. The majority of the children in LA County's foster care system Mm -hmm. hail from the second district. Um, The the health disparities, the um, food deserts, the housing affordability concerns, concerns around gentrification and production. We're you know, in the middle of a deep, deep debate mm-hmm. about what our community will look like in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are single family homeowners are deeply concerned about expansion and production that will change the look and, and character of their communities. Mm-hmm. And yet we also must balance the reality that far too many residents in the second district don't have access to housing, affordable mm-hmm. and otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so those are critical public policy discussions, meaty discussions that we have to grapple with um, and work through in the best interest of the collective. Mm-hmm. You know, as we come out of COVID-19, I'm deeply concerned mm-hmm. about um, how the slow recovery of our economy are going to impact my people. Yeah. Um, how how our unhoused numbers are likely to increase because of the slow recovery. Mm-hmm. And so I'm running be- for the same reasons I ran for the assembly uh, back in 2010. Um, I, I, back then, le- leaving Crystal Stairs, I saw a state legislature that was poised and did cut a billion dollars out of subsidized mm-hmm. child care. And I knew the impact that would have on a family's ability to work Um, knowing that they couldn't afford high-quality, affordable care for their children. Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of drive and commitment um, that I have now taken to this race for the supervisors um, because I believe that's the kind of representation that our community is entitled to. That's why I'm running.
2: And you've been running, and I'm glad to run with you. Uh, So uh, don't run too fast because sometimes it's hard to keep up with you. Uh, so we appreciate that. Senator Holly Mitchell, uh, uh, how's 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 little man doing? How's my brother doing
4: quickly? Also, always got to check. Uh, check my in. my son, who I <laughs> deeply appreciate you always ask about, who turned 20 oh, uh, no. in August. He's a Leo. So he's not a little man anymore. He's a working man um, um, who 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 understands fundamentally now that adulting ain't easy. <laughs> As he's trying to buy a car and count his pennies and budget and, you know, uh, figure out how how he will (laughs) do distance learning fit his learning style. Uh, Adulting ain't easy, but he's fine. I will tell him you ask about him, and I will tell him that you are sending prayers because he needs them.
2: Lord have mercy. (laughs) He's always in my prayers. I haven't gotten a call from him to ask for a donation for the car yet, so... Uh, uh, so, uh, so he, so he, he, he so he's going to have to think about his, his, uh, fundraising strategies, you know what I'm saying? Yes. See he's how he he's a working to, man. He's a working he, man. He needs to shake, shake up his <laughs> network, you know, uh, to get them wheels. <laughs> Much love to you. Safe travels back to uh, uh, Sacramento and, thank um, you. stay safe, uh, stay strong and, uh, stay cool. And thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your faith, uh, that you deploy through your leadership. And really appreciate that, Senator Harley Mitchell. The Lord bless and keep you. Uh, thanks so much. Much love.
4: Peace be with you. Thank you so much, Pastor Siles. It was great to see you. Great, great, great.
2: All right, we're gonna uh, press on. Uh, uh, as Senator Mitchell mentioned, we are in this pandemic, and uh, we're gonna take a, a quick break and just bring, you know, a, a song that many of you uh, um, uh, receive probably whether you know through Facebook or otherwise, any of your platforms. Uh, We know the big controversy around uh, should schools be open, should folk go back to colleges, should there be college sports, just a lot of, you know, uh, uh, conversation and controversy uh, around this. Mr. Lee, you know, uh, put this video together. He's uh, a a principal, um, and we're going to play this video to MC's, you know, um, uh, Hammer, you know, uh, to MC Hammer song uh, as we transition, you know, to our next guest and looking forward to it. Here is uh, an ongoing... Um, reminder of how we need to slow the spread by any means necessary. Check out this video with
5: Mr. Lee. You can't touch this. 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 Coronavirus hits me so hard, all the teachers say, oh my lord, COVID is stressing me. All the updates from the CDC, Lysol can't be found. I've looked all around this town, I've had no luck. And these are the things huh, you can't touch. I told you, students. You can't touch this. You better pull that mask up. You can't touch this. It's the CDC, not me. Can't touch this. Hey, don't wash your hands. Fresh new rules and plans. Let's all be safe. Go wash your hands. So move back up six feet. You better not cough and you better not sneeze. Annotation. Hold on, let me check your temp. Not under your arm like that, like that. You're all clear. Go to the back. Everybody says that this is too much and these are the things that you can't touch. Yo, I told you. You Can't touch this. Why are y'all standing so close? Back up. Can't touch this. Every time you see me, Dr. Lee is sanitized. I'm going to keep my hand clean because the cases are on the rise. Now, why would I ever stop doing this while others getting ill? I don't want to be sick. I've been to all the classroom from upstairs into the gym. It's Lee. Go Lee. Dr. Lee. Yo, Doc, you're late. Look at the clock. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Break it down. Six feet. Stop. Sanitize.
2: That's Mr. Lee, y'all. Hammer time. All right. Uh, With hammer time, of course, we can uh, make sure we slow the spread. Do what you got to do you know, uh, distance, mask, and of course, uh, sanitize. Wash them hands and do what you got to do. It is in our power uh, to do this. Uh, uh, It's always um, good to bring uh, in our artivists, uh, folk who have committed themselves to making sure that arts and culture play a a unique and powerful role during this time of resistance and reimagination. And I've been privileged uh, to be part of an organization right here in Merde Park uh, that is L.A. Commons, and they are connected, you know, with Chaos and several other, the Leimert Park Art Walk and several other collaboratives, um, uh, they've been working, of course, you know, uh, on the Day of the, you know, um, the Ancestors, you know, uh, celebration that's coming up, and it's good to have with me uh, two leaders, you know, uh, that's been working uh, on this. Uh, that is uh, Tasha Hunter as well as Ben Caldwell. Uh, good morning. Good morning, beloved. How y'all doing? All right. There we go. Good morning. Hey, hey. How you doing, my sister?
0: Doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah,
2: I'm glad you're able to join. Let's see if Ben is also with us uh, so we can pull him up as well. Um, uh, Tasha has a beautiful dog I hope we get to see the dog at some point
3: <laughs> you know uh, the
2: dog is always in, in, in the middle of all of our meetings trying to uh, yeah. have, have, have 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 opinion about stuff you know
0: yeah. my son's asleep but the dog's <laughs> awake
3: alright
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, now uh, Mr. Caldwell are you there
6: I'm here can you hear me
2: nope. yes 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 that's my elder love you my brother and appreciate you uh, so glad that uh, both of you can be with us. I know we've been at it. Uh, I, I describe these two individuals as part of that, you know, uh, Merde Park, you know, arts community with LA Commons, you know, uh, uh, Chaos and others. Uh, this has been a time for them of extraordinary adaptation and innovation, you know, in the work that we've been able to do uh, around, you know, uh, arts and uh, culture. Uh, but let me uh, 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 just, by way of you know,
3: uh,
2: uh, honoring uh, Ben, Ben, uh, just tell us a little bit about the organization that you are part of, and I'm going to ask Tasha to do the same thing. Then we're going to dig into what's coming up today at 11 and next Sunday uh, uh, at uh, at one o'clock. So Ben, quickly, you know, just uh, okay. uh, the work that you've been doing in Lamert Park, extraordinary work, and we really appreciate that.
6: Okay, i um, uh, my name is Ben Caldwell, and I've been here. In um, uh, this business this particular business since 1984 yes. um, and in 84 I set up this place called uh, Video 33 that morphed into Chaos Network that's a, a media incubator um, we've been doing what you're watching on right now since 1984 mm-hmm. I started it with a place called Electronic Cafe where we interconnected five disparate communities with uh, the hub being um, the MOCA downtown. And we connected Asian community, Latino community, uh, um, a Jewish community with this black community of Lamert Park. And that's what spawned this place. Uh, And from then on, I've been working with youth and the whole span of community with media.
2: Absolutely. And, and Ben, I mean, you are just such a, uh, a powerful example of what uh, this series that I'm on right now, you know, around convergence, intersectionality, you know, uh, for greater equality, inclusivity, and equity. Uh, you've just done that, you know, through arts and culture uh, for, for years, and, and just appreciate you for that, and, and looking forward to, you know, uh, what's coming up for us. Uh, Tasha? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, what what you do and, of course, your work with uh, Ellie Collins?
0: Yes. Good morning again. Good morning, Ben. I wish I could see your face. But, uh, <laughs> <Good morning. laughs> so much yeah. of what I do in the community, especially Mer Park, has to do with Ben Caldwell right there. Um, I started off as a writer, um, a freelance writer for a, a magazine called Rap Pages, and there was, there you go and good morning, (laughs) and um, one of our meetings was at this place called Chaos Network, which Ben owns, and I believe that was in 1994, and that was my introduction to Ben, and he has been a constant in my life, um, creatively, business-wise, friendship-wise, since then, so that's how I came in, and you know, Project Blowed, which, gosh, we'll be celebrating our 26th anniversary this yeah. year. So we were we were young visionaries. Um, I was on the business end. I'm not Project Blowed was for rappers, MCs, uh, mm. dancers, all things hip hop. But I was more so on the business and the film end, and I learned a lot of the foundation. Um, from Ben Caldwell. So we're celebrating 26 years. We were young kids. He let us be free,
3: Uh steered
0: us, you know, without hovering, um, in a very loving way. And that foundation of what Ben gave has allowed many of us to be able to let our art, um, sustain our livelihoods.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ben is just, yeah. Ben is a phenomenal mentor and coach. And really mm-hmm. appreciate how many lives uh, he has touched, and and just uh, roads uh, 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 that he has accompanied people, you know, uh, uh, around that. So we have been, you know, uh, we have to make some adjustments I adjustment, you know, uh, to what uh, you know um, uh, we've done now for many years now, uh, which is has been a, a combination or collaboration between you know LA Commons, uh, which is an arts and culture organization in La Merde Park that seek to you know, create cultural connections, uh, not just with folk here in Los Angeles, but uh, with you know, uh, black folk around the world. And we're gonna hear about some of that uh, right now. And of course, the Leimert Park you know, uh, uh, art, artwork, and we are kind of uh, uh, making our way down to the 30th. Uh, but Tasha, maybe say a little bit about what adjustments we had to make and uh, what's been on the menu you know, uh, for that, because, I mean, we've gone deep and broad in Mm -hmm. in unexpected ways uh, around it. So just give us just a little synopsis as to what we've been able to do, you know, um, around that. And then, you know, we'll talk about uh, today and then um, what's coming up next Sunday.
0: Right. Thank you. So um, this is going into our 10th year for the um, Day of the Ancestor Festival of Maths Celebration and Mm -hmm. Art Walk. And in the past, it was the last Sunday in June in mm-hmm. collaboration with the Lamar Park Art Walk, which I'm sure Ben will talk about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but one of the things we had to do is figure this out. We wanted to continue to um, celebrate mm-hmm. this special day, um, the Maths Festival, the Arts, you know, the um, Ancestor Festival and continue with the art walk, but on this particular annual event, and we just had to be able to move forward and make it, do it digitally. Um, It will take place um, August the 30th. Mm -hmm. That's next week, next Sunday. And it's gonna be about two and a half hours of programming. And what we shifted with is uh, the, the, the group through LA Commons typically goes and does these study trips all over the world, Mm -hmm. every year. And Ben has participated in a number of those trips, going to, physically going to Nigeria, to Curaçao, to Brazil, to South Africa, um, just all different places. Well, this year, what we did is since our network, um, since our network is online, um, we brought speakers in that Mm -hmm. they actually met during the time while in those countries and have have these um, diaspora dialogues. You have that fire up that shows um, a dialogue that's happening today at mm-hmm. 11, and it's about Nigeria. We'll have a, um, Adune performing, as well as Jameta um, Rose, a conversation and dialogue and some music. So we've taken everything online, and on the 30th, we'll show some of the footage from these events, mm-hmm. as well as um, live performances.
2: Yeah, I mean, those uh, those, uh, dialogues have just been extraordinary, um, and I'm going to ask Felicia to put on what's going to happen today. Uh, it's the, uh, uh, the final dialogue in this series, and I say in this series because I'm hoping that we continue these you know, diaspora dialogues today. We're going to be connecting with Nigeria. You know, uh, 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 the last one we connected with, um, uh, I believe, uh, um, uh, I think it was Cur- uh, Curacao. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then South Africa prior to that, and then Zambia. I mean, so we've just been connecting, you know, folk. And, and when I talk about living at the intersection of South LA and South Africa, this is how it comes together for me in arts and culture. And, and it's just been uh, great. So today at 11 o'clock, you know, you can uh, 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 join us, you know, as we connect South Los Angeles with Nigeria by way of music. And I know that's going to be, you know, awesome. It's going to be beautiful and it's going to be inspirational uh, for, for what's going to be happening. There it is, you know, a diaspora dialogue today at 11. Uh, uh, go to uh, lacommons.org, register, you know, yes. and, uh, and participate in, in this uh, today. Ben, let me bring you in around, you know, the uh, the Mert Park Art Walk. Uh, tell us what that is about and how is that connected, you know, uh, to... Uh, this celebration of, you know, um, um, uh, the ancestors, uh, mask, uh, celebration.
6: All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, the, it initially started, the art walk started with, uh, uh, me and Maria Cruz were, uh, met at Sica's, mm-hmm. and we thought that we should, um, uh, get together, uh, and talk about ideas on things. And it oris- really originally started in our community Monday morning meetings because we had found that the drums were starting to draw energy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't the first uh, manifestations of our Sunday drum workshops, but they uh, manifest again with, uh, with Naijite, uh, uh, and Naijite and and uh, Renee and I, after the meeting, said we're going to have to do something to save the drums because people weren't understanding them anymore. Uh, so we started meeting at a Monday, uh, a Saturday meeting at 12 o'clock, and we hammered out an idea that first were called Phantom Galleries because there weren't any art walks then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. we called it Phantom Gallery. And so, since I was on the bid, I approached the owners in the properties that were vacant and we ended up using nine properties uh, to and changed them into kids' spaces, art galleries, and each gallery, I had them curated by an artist friend of mine mm-hmm. that they were already doing high-end, like LACMA, loading in arts and stuff like that. I wanted to get that quality of art uh, loaded into here. And also the Broad Museum with some of the initial guys that started that helped us also put art in the Vision Theater. They let us use the Vision Theater since it was dormant. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was about, it was activating these cultural spaces and to show that art could be the the motivator for mm-hmm. that. So that's how it really started. And then as we started that first month, we said, wow, this could be a continual thing. And so there was the downtown art walk. And so we pitched the idea of, of saying, why couldn't Lamert Park have an art walk? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's how the art walk dealt with. But then when we powwow even more, we were thinking, wouldn't it be interesting if we did a real deep drill down on all of our African countries? and and diaspora countries Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. made uh each month a focus with that african country Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the first year we did brazil we did south africa Mm -hmm. uh south africa we worked with the south african embassy Mm -hmm. and we had a tribute to and the african ambassador came here and Mm -hmm. we helped celebrate the transition of mama uh, uh, Miriam Akiba, mm-hmm. uh and and had a real deep uh, uh, dance here with Brazil. We had a carnival with with uh, with Bacardi, uh, mm-hmm. who was working directly with the Brazilians at that time. Uh, we worked with the Funas, mm-hmm. uh during that time too. Uh, we also initiated Black August uh, mm-hmm. as a way each August to deal with things. Uh, we also started dealing with uh, uh, afrofuturism, which we called then afro geeks the, the geek crowd, crowd getting together every every mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. We also had the passing away of of Felakuti, yeah. so nandi and, and Najite and I uh, put together yeah. uh, a massive celebrations of wow. his.
2: So, um, so, it's, it's, so it's, yeah, it's amazing yeah. just the connections, you know. Uh, yes, that, so that,
6: the idea okay. was is to get each African country and diaspora country, so it would then radiate throughout the month. So that was the last part I wanted to put in there. Yeah. It was an idea of touching bases. And so that's what the, the mass festival kind of really helped us sit in the, end the first year. Because the first year, Nijite was saying, Ben, they don't really understand these masks here in the United States, right? Yeah. They're just hanging them on the wall. Yeah. So wouldn't it be hip if we activated them uh, yeah. and showed them that it was really an active art, not an art that's just hung on the walls. Yeah. So that's how the mask festival grew into what it is.
2: Yeah. And, you know, again, uh, one that was born and raised in South Africa, masks, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily for decoration. It's for inspiration. It's for connection, Right. And uh, and it's it's for invitation, you know, uh, that, right. uh, that 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 we, uh, that we create them and that we hang them up. And that's why it was such a natural, you know, uh, connection for me when I talk with, you know, uh, Karen Mack, the executive director, you know, of LA Commons, and Kaya Densler, who uh, we kind of, we met, you know, uh, it was a coincidence, but it turned out to be a God incident, you know, uh, that we were able to run into each other. And here I am, you know, uh, uh, connected with... All of them. Yeah, the and that's how we read. Powerful people.
6: <laughs> yeah. That's how we tied into Karen, too, because we went and asked her, because uh, she was really good at writing grants and interconnecting things. And yeah. so I said, Ajite, let's hook them up because they're in the building and let's see what we could uh, stir up with them. And they've been in the vanguard of this project all throughout the time and done a very, very good job. And it's been a, a, been a fun marriage.
2: Yes, yes, yes. You know, art plays such a very important role throughout our lives, but especially during moments like this. You know, uh, the artists, you know, they are the ones that uh, help us with, you know, interpretation of times. They help us with reimagination of times. And, you know, they help us with resistance uh, as we go through troubling and challenging times. And so and so that's what, you know, LA Commons, you know, uh, has been about. Uh, Tasha, uh, let's focus on the 30th. Uh, do you want to say a little bit about more, uh, a little bit more about that? Uh, we're going to put up the flyers, you know, off the 30th. We want to invite folks to come out and join us virtually uh, uh, for this. It's going, to be, uh, uh, it's going to be a global gathering. Uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of energy. It's going to be exciting. Um, and, and, and it's just a culmination of, uh, of just the imagination that's been deployed by this planning team uh, and the work uh, of, the Lamert Park Art Walk, and L.A. Commons. You want to tell us just a little bit more about the 30th and just what we envision accomplishing, you know, uh, on that day and through that virtual celebration entitled
0: Black Joy? Black Joy. Yeah. Yeah, Black Joy. So I'm excited about this. Um, we We knew it was going to be a little bit of a challenge transitioning to – The online world but you know this is going to be a part of what our new world is Mm -hmm. and one of the things that ben mentioned um i met him doing this in 1994 95 ish but ben says he was doing it since 84 Mm -hmm. but i remember seeing this exchange. We were talking to South Africa via a TV, and I just could not fathom it as a young adult then, couldn't fathom it. But so when we made this transition, our leadership team, who Pastor Saul's happy to have you on, Ben Caldwell, and a number of others, Mama Renee, Sister Mm -hmm. Ranika, Beth, um, that leadership team, we were able to envision what this could look like how can we maintain a sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. but put it on digitally Mm -hmm. how can we reach uh, more people than we could ever i would say our last in-person mass festival art walk um day of the ancestor last year was the biggest one that we had Mm had um and we were just proud of that but to know that though we are digitally this going on digitally this virtually this time we're going to reach pockets and corners of the world that we haven't been able to engage with since we were physically there. They yeah. get to see a piece of what Lamert Park is outside mm-hmm. of the people because we will have a live component where we have um, one of our young sister um, ne- uh, Le'wa. Mm-hmm. Le'wa Nana is going to be doing some live footage. We're going to have a blessing, which has always been our tradition. And our our african tradition and our cultural tradition to just open it up with a blessing and that's going to be um baba moyade shabazz who will Mm -hmm. do that blessing right there in the park with Mm -hmm. sister renee Mm -hmm. who um leads her shine all-female drum and it's going to take place right outside of chaos network that's Mm -hmm. been part of the tradition all these years Mm -hmm. and we're going to continue with that yeah And then the day of, there's a wonderful MC. I'm going to be the co MC. We have Bruce uh, Lemon out of um, Watts, who's going to be an MC. He's a playwright. He's amazing. He's a community member. And just bringing in all the elements, all the different performers who, many of the different performers who've been there in the past. We'll get to see Najite and his group um, do a performance on location, pre recorded. And though some of the things are pre recorded, it did such an amazing job um there's a special performance by our queen mothers led by sister nzinga kamara um who is a world-renowned dance teacher mama renee and her Shai Mawasi put together a group and we are recognizing our ancestors we also recognizing a lot of the social injustices that have happened you know in our existence here on this soil and um it'll be represented through um some pieces there's going to be music it's going to be live and we're going to just celebrate black joy throughout the world so we want to invite everybody from every pocket of the world even if you have to set your clock for two o'clock in the morning your time to join us and even if they can't it will be um available to stream later on via a couple of different platforms facebook and possibly youtube so That's just a little bit of it, and you have the flyer (laughs) if you want to show. We just have a full day of just excellence from around the world.
2: Yeah, I'm going to ask that. that, Let's go to the next flyer, Uh, the next one. I I just love uh, this uh, flyer of uh, the event on the 3rd. It it, it just uh, exudes black joy, you know. Yes. Uh, And and it's just so beautifully uh, created and uh, so powerfully, you know, illustrated. Mm -hmm you know, uh, for us, uh, that black joy uh, is resistance, right? You know, uh, the last thing that white supremacy yes. wants to see is black joy. And right. so we're gonna come together and, and, and be about a celebration of black joy. There it is, Sunday, August the 30th, 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, folk from all around the world can join. Uh, yes. You know, this uh, uh, um, uh, series you know, made a, a dream come uh, true for me, because I was able to uh, facilitate the uh, diaspora dialogue between South Africa, you know, uh, yes. and, you know um, uh, and the United States with my hero, you know, uh, Don Matera, right there from my hometown of El Dorado Park, south of Johannesburg, and then we had, you know, uh, we celebrated poets, you know, uh, that day, and it was just a powerful experience. And so uh, that was just great. And to close it all out now, you know, uh, next week is going to be even more uh, powerful. Please check out uh, www.lacommons.org for everything. I want to thank, you know, uh, Tasha for uh, your uh, creative and visionary work. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your passion around this. Uh, You've been, you know, uh, our convener, pushing us you know, in every direction towards excellence. <laughs> and we really appreciate that. Ben, uh, as always, much respect and much love to you, my brother, my elder. Uh, really appreciate you for who you are and for what you are uh, doing. Uh, to LA Commons and the Leimert Park Art Walk, you know, uh, keep on keeping on in the work that you yes. do. Thanks so much. Uh, thank beloved. you. Stay safe right, thank you. and stay strong. Much love. You too, bro. Awesome, awesome, awesome. As we uh, grind uh, to a close here, we want to uh, just uh, acknowledge that this is going to be uh, a very, very powerful week uh, because we will be commemorating the 57th you know, um, uh, March on Washington. Uh, that was a very, very powerful uh, event that took place 57 years ago. Uh, there it is as the flyer. Uh, SCLC is the convening organization. That's the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Uh, and it's going to take place on Friday, August the 28th. There's going to be uh, a caravan and rally in Leimert Park. You know, uh, as you can see, that will start at 12 uh, up until uh, 2 p.m. And then that evening is a virtual town hall. Our theme this year is Good Trouble, uh, reimagining, you know. Uh, can you bring that fly up again so I can see the theme uh, quickly? Uh, um, good Trouble. Reimagining, reimagining. Uh, okay, all right. We'll 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 will we'll, we'll get it. Uh, there it is. Good trouble. Uh, reimagining a racially just America. There we go. Uh, that's what it's about. Uh, it's going down on Friday. Uh, hope that folk will join us in the Merd Park. You know, at 12 noon uh, or virtually that evening at 7 p.m. Um, around there. This will celebrate of course the i have a dream speech which in so many ways is a powerful speech i really encourage people to take the time to listen to the entire speech not just about the dream right that's powerful and that's the reimagination but a lot of resistance takes place in the first part you know uh, of that speech you know when king talks about economic equity you know when he refers to you know uh, uh, the check that uh, was brought you know, uh, to Washington DC and the response insufficient funds. We got to check that out. In it, he talks about citizens of color, you know, where he brings intersectionality and he brings inclusivity, you know, in that speech that the dream that he was talking about was for uh, all people of color. You know, uh, uh, the point of departure, of course, you know, is black people and African Americans, but that's a door, a port of entry for the liberation, you know, of uh, all people of color and, uh, and indeed all people, you know, in general, you know, as we move forward. So, so check out that whole speech and not just, you know, uh, part of it, you know, around that. And then also, we want to uh, invite you to uh, join us for the day before on August uh, the 27th at 7 p.m. You know, uh, Clergy for Black Lives uh, are coming together, and we're going to be, you know, uh, participating in a very, very powerful, 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 you know, uh, provocative discussion uh, 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 around healing of the black male experience in America from Native Sons Bigger you know, uh, to Black, uh, Bigger to Black Lives Matter, uh, and it's entitled Our Native Sons Speak. You know, uh, we're going to put that flyer up. You will see all of these Clergy for Black Lives that are going to be participating in this. It's going to be a virtual event. And so glad uh, for Pastor um, uh, Tembalika Smart for coordinating this uh, with us. You know, glad to be joined by my sisters uh, and my brothers, you know, sharing in this opportunity, you know, of coming coming together to lift up you know uh, uh, the power of black culture, the purpose of black culture, and this platform called uh, black culture. You know that invites us you know, into resistance and into reimagination. And appreciate the Southern Christian Leadership Conference for facilitating that. You know uh, with us. Please check it out. Uh, you can check out the uh, the website of the Southern Christian Leadership you know Conference. Uh, President and CEO uh, Pastor William Smart. And uh, glad to be uh, a part of that. It's all about, folk, how we um, find ourselves in this moment of power, uh, in this moment of possibility, you know, as we uh, discern the convergence uh, and the intersectionality uh, that calls us not just to common ground, but to higher ground, and it moves us uh, to greater inclusivity, greater equality, and greater equity as we do the work that we've been called to do. It's all about building and creating beloved community for everybody. Our prayers to all of those who are experiencing uh, challenges during this fire season, this heat season. Um, Today is the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina and we know there are two storms making their way to the Gulf Coast. Our prayers to our Citizen Brothers in that corridor you know, off the Gulf Coast, as well as those already been affected in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, etc. Uh, so much prayers to you. Um, uh, and we stand ready to be uh, not just in prayer with eyes closed, but in prayer with eyes open, hands open, and hearts open to facilitate compassion as we navigate these challenging uh, and uh, consequential times. This has been Faith Without Borders. I'm your host, Pastor Calvin Sauls. Thank you for joining me. Keep on keeping on as we march towards a beloved community. Peace.